You're listening to Nguyen From Within, where we unlock the strength within you and continually develop the strongest version of you possible. I'm your host, John Nguyen. Welcome back to another episode. Today we're talking about nutrition. But let's go ahead and take a big, deep breath to center ourselves. Again, we're talking about nutrition and it's going to be a doozy, but I know there's so many things, so many books out there, so many gurus, so many people touting diets that work. And so let's get the topic of weight loss or energy balance, which is calories in and calories out out of the way, which is the fact that pretty much every single diet works. Now, the question is, will it work for you? Will it work for your situation? Will it work for who you are? Will it work for how your body responds to certain foods? And that is a question mark. Because every single diet technically has worked for um, at least a a part of the population because of their own situations. Um, Genetics, uh, family life, um, their level of activity, the stress that they're going uh, through, and the fact that they are able and committed to carrying out that particular diet. So the main question that you have to ask yourself if you are thinking about going on a particular diet or starting a new way of eating is can you commit to it? Can you commit to it for two weeks, four weeks, two months, six months, and possibly for another year or the rest of your life for the foreseeable future? Can you stick with this? Are you willing to commit to it? Because you will have pressures, you will have temptations, you will have external pressures from other people, even from yourself, and you have to really ask yourself, am I going to make this work? Am I committed to to sticking with this no matter what? And not just, am I going to make this work? How am I going to make this work? What's one thing that I can put in place right now that will ensure that this works? Who can I ask for help for? to hold me accountable and that I will that I will um, honor their accountability and not just get mad at them for, for pointing things out? Who's going to hold me to a higher version of myself so that I won't slip up? So having said all that, nutrition to me is not just calories in, calories out, and energy balance. All of that is actually a byproduct of what good or great nutrition actually provides for you which is a source of abundant and positive energy that you can use to really do things throughout the whole day with a sense of purpose and a sense of vitality. Nutrition accounts for how your body feels, how your body performs, and if you are capable and able to do certain aspects or certain things in your life, your ability to see is affected by what you eat how well you sleep, what time you go to sleep, and if your sleep is restful, is affected by what you eat. The amount of energy you bring to your workouts is affected by what you eat. The way you treat every person that you interact with is a byproduct of what you eat. So literally, what you eat is the building block for the cells in your body. And when I talk about what you eat, you can, can of course, substitute that with whatever you consume whether it's drinks or even through the skin as well. It's whatever you are taking in 
whether it's food, supplements, drinks, or lotions, or, or skin products, whatever is going inside your body that your body has to metabolize affects how you feel and the energy that you have throughout the day. All of this is to say that your food not only affects the way you look, but it has a direct effect on how your body functions, whether or not your muscles recover well after a workout, whether or not your organs are able to heal and able to function the way it's supposed to function. Um, let's say in the case of a liver, if your liver is constantly bombarded with toxins that it has to process and detoxify, then sooner or later, it won't have enough strength if you don't give it the proper nutrients to heal and function the way it's supposed to. And that's, that's when you run into the cases of um, fatty liver disease where uh, the body in some people who drink, uh, let's say, too much alcohol, the body has to, the liver has to process all the alcohol that's being consumed. And at one point, it becomes fatty because it just gets overworked. And what you're finding nowadays, too, is with the amount of junk that people are eating, the amount of um, crap that they're consuming, that the liver has to work overtime and it has to stress itself out in order to, to um, detoxify enough so that your body doesn't accumulate all this junk inside. And if the liver can't do its job to the best of its ability, it has to offload some of the, uh, the stress and the workload to other detoxifying organs inside your body, like your kidneys. And so for people who have diseases of detoxifying organs um, and they don't know where it's coming from, a lot of times it, it could be traced back to how stressed out the liver is. And so as an aside, um, I have to say this, I am not a medical doctor, so always check with your medical doctor before you check things out or you change your diet and et cetera, et cetera. But I'm just elucidating the facts that whatever you take in has a direct effect and a direct role on how your body functions. And if you have kids or young ones, then it's extra important because the kid's developing body is actually even more sensitive to what they eat. And so we have a lot of cases where people just think, oh, my kid is uh, super energetic. They have ADHD and whatnot. And when I look at them or when I look at their kids and I observe what they eat and what they consume, it's riddled with sugar and it's riddled with chemicals. And I'll get off my high horse really soon, but these kids don't know what they're consuming. It's the parents that are giving them the food and they actually look to the parents for how to eat and they don't know any better. So it's our responsibility as parents to look into this. If you really care about your kids, make sure you're putting wholesome foods, wholesome drinks and all these things into their bodies so that they can become the best version of themselves. Now that we've gotten that out of my system, uh, let's go ahead and explore some of the ways that we can be more intentional about what we eat and what we uh, put inside our bodies. I'll start off with something kind of uh, unconventional, which is when you eat, be present with what you're eating. Really feel and really chew. And my wife and my son will probably laugh at this because I, I'm a really quick or really fast eater, but really sit down and notice what you're eating. 
chew, swallow, and really be there, not just on your phone, not just in your mind, but really be conscious of what you're eating and what you're putting inside your mouth and how your body is feeling after, let's say, 15, 20 minutes. Because what actually happens is that you don't actually feel full until the food, quote unquote, settles in. So if you are more intentional, you eat slower, you're more mindful of what you're eating, you really feel your body and what your body's trying to tell you, then you'll probably realize that you're full much earlier than what you thought would be or what you, when you thought you would be. And um, I don't know if you've ever had the situation where you just kind of keep on eating and eating and eating, and next thing you know, you're stuffed to uh, a level that you can hardly breathe. But that's what happens is that you just keep on eating way past uh, your body's uh, signals telling you, hey, stop, 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 because you're rushing through what you're eating. You're not really paying attention, attention to the signals that your body's telling you. The second thing is cut something out for two weeks. And if you're kind of extreme like me, you can do an elimination diet for at least two weeks. Um, but at the very least, cut out sugar, white sugar, in the foods that you eat for at least two weeks. And what this does is we're not punishing ourselves. We're not getting rid of it completely forever. But what it does is that you allow yourself to really feel the effects of sugar once you get back on it. Which I'm saying it like it's a drug. And sometimes it can be um, as addicting to a drug just because it's habitual in what we eat. But you're actually able to feel the effects that sugar has when you consume it. If you're constantly eating something, you don't know what it feels like to not have it inside your body. So getting rid of it for two weeks, you can really dial in and really feel what it feels like when you eat it. And if you're one of those people who just thinks, Psh, there's no way sugar has that much of an effect on my body and I don't need to do this and I can do it like at a drop of a hat and I'm not addicted to it or it's not a habit of mine, then it's very likely that you need to do it even more. And taking a page out of Seinfeld, you want to see if you are indeed the master of your domain. See if you are not uh, in the clutches, so to speak, of what you eat, that you are intentional of what you put inside your body. Because sugar, I mean, there's a lot of studies done, but sugar has a very detrimental effect on the gut lining, um, especially if you eat too much of it. Um, it actually is preferred by certain bacteria and or pathogens inside your gut. And not to get into it too much right now, um, but we'll definitely get into it at a later date. Certain bacteria and certain microbes inside your gut um, have a predisposition or a certain correlation to whether or not you are able to gain weight quicker or even lose weight or burn fat at a quicker level. And not only that, what you'll actually be doing is you, you can reset your blood sugar levels, which will actually affect many other metabolic processes inside your body. So just do it uh, for two weeks, see how you feel, and slowly introduce it back into your diet and really notice what the effects it has on your body is like. And just a quick note before I move on to number three is that you will likely feel some symptoms. You will likely feel lethargic, uh, have headaches. 
you will have withdrawal symptoms because of many different things. One, again, your blood sugar levels will change. The microbes inside your gut will probably change too. So that will affect the amount of serotonin that you have within the body that is produced um, and also certain other chemicals and hormones. And all of these things will change. And the main thing is to expect it. So if you are going through it, just know know that it's normal and that you will feel completely different and feel a lot better once you're on the other side. The third thing is create some rules for yourself, rules that you stick to that are important to you and uphold these rules as if your life depended on it. Because again, you will encounter temptations, you will encounter pressures from other people, from within, from just feeling crummy about a certain situation, all these things will come up. But if you stick to your rule, then you just do it. So an example of that is one of my rules is I say no to sweets. I say no automatically to desserts as an initial um, response to it. And that's not to say that I say no to it completely, but it's just an automatic no right away. And then I can think about it. I can think about if it's actually worth putting this dessert into my body. Would the future me, who is more fit, who is stronger, who is more con- in control of what I put in, would they eat this dessert? And everything that we've gone over so far, it's just to put us back into being conscious of what we're eating, uh, being intentional about what we put inside our bodies and not just letting habits and routines that we've done in the past dictate what we eat and not let pressures from outside dictate what we eat because it's your body, it's your responsibility, whatever goes inside your body and your mind. No matter what anybody else says, if it doesn't follow your rule, then it's an automatic no. And one last point to drive this home is let's say you are at a party, at a barbecue, and um, somebody's making bomb-ass hamburgers or barbecue. Do you think somebody who is a vegan would be like, sure, I'll have some hamburger, I'll have some meat, it's all good? No, they won't do it because they have a rule that I'm a vegan. My identity is I don't eat meat, I don't consume animal products. And again, that's not to say that animal products are wrong. I eat a ton of animal products, but they, just in this situation, they have a rule that they adhere to no matter what. And it's okay for them. And other people will say, come on, like, why why are you being a vegan? Like, there's no, they're gonna, they may have a lot of objections to it, but for that person, their rule supersedes everything else, no matter what happens outside they will stick fast and hard to their rule. And so it must be for you. So the fourth thing I want to talk about is you want the majority of what you eat to be whole, nutritious food. Whole foods, not artificial, man-made foods. Um, it's actually funny because I, I've been reading uh, this book called Eat Smarter by Sean Stevenson. And apparently there was a study that was done comparing two different types of sandwiches one which was considered whole food and the other one considered processed food and 
the calories and the macros, um, which are fats, proteins, and carbs, were essentially the same. So on paper, both of these sandwiches should be equal in terms of energy balance. And the whole, the whole food sandwich was just multi-grain bread with cheddar cheese, and the processed food sandwich was processed bread with processed cheese product, which is uh, something like Kraft Singles, I believe it was. So the study wanted to find out the difference in calories, if there were any, that was absorbed from either one of those two. And at the end of the study, they found that eating the processed food sandwich actually led to a 50% reduction in calorie burn after the meal compared to eating the whole food sandwich. So again, the meals were practically the same in terms of proteins, carbs, fats, and calories, but the fact that the food was heavily processed or not led to a huge number or a huge difference in the number of calories that were either stored or that were burned. So even from an energy perspective, um, in terms of calories, whole foods versus processed foods, it's, it's not black and white. What you see in terms of the number that you see on the packaging is not what's actually absorbed and what's actually the number inside your body. On a personal level, with myself, with my family, and people who I've helped with body transformation, I actually don't count calories at all. I mean, I used to. I went through a phase where I did, but I've stopped for many years now, and it is much, much easier to just focus on eating high-quality, high-nutritious foods that, again, give your body information and better, much higher quality energy and better building blocks so that combined with proper exercise and rest, you can achieve, if your goal is to achieve body transformation, it is much, much easier if you stick to eating whole foods at least 70, 80% of the time. So let me wrap this up by saying that I know that this is not the end all episode of nutrition, but I hope um, that it has kind of shed light on a few things that you might not have thought about in terms of nutrition. And of course, we'll be exploring nutrition and various aspects of it in future episodes, but go ahead and shoot me a DM on Instagram at the John Nguyen if you have any questions or concerns. And if you are up for it, leave me a review and subscribe. Until next time, I see you. And I'm sending you much love and respect, my friend. Peace.